Welcome again to another episode of the Midweek Show. I thought we weren't going to record this week, Stacy, but my redneck-ass neighbor has, I've gotten so tired of hearing his damn voice. I'm like, look, I need to talk to somebody because I don't talk to my, you You know I don't talk to my neighbors, Stacy. <laughs> you know I don't. You, you know I don't. It's like, I, I just, it's like, I don't. It, it's oh, like... This, uh, didn't I say on didn't I say online earlier? This is like my therapy session, like yes. us doing the podcast because yes. I get tired of people's shit. So this is like my this is like my weekly therapy session, so I can get out my anger and everything. <laughs> yeah. like, who, are, who are you angry at this week? Like who are you angry at? But oh, the floor Lord. is yours. Lord, let's see. I, the today it was somebody who okay this week was Alabama fans because they pissed me off about the basketball team on uh Tuesday night because we lost to Georgia everybody's pissed off I get everybody's pissed off but everybody's ready to quit and this team sucks and I'm like dude we're not we're at the what halfway point in the SEC you know y'all are ready to quit I thought like, this team is too talented stay with them at some point I believe they'll snap out of it Oh, got one of the guys who have been following me for a long time basically told me to shut up. I didn't know anything about basketball. And I had to remind him, um, sir, I actually do this for a living. I get paid to do this. He's like, well, I work too. And I'm like, dude, I said, but I got a journalism degree. You don't. You know, I do this for a living. But he was being a, 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 uh, he's, was, he was being an obnoxious pig. He was a, being a misogynistic jerk. Every word that you can come up with, and I was telling one of my friends that used to be a friend of his about that. She said, "Yeah, he was like that all the time. <laughs> he was just being a dick for no other reason than me trying to tell him calm the fuck down. It 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 can get better. This team is too talented. Oh no! So I'm, I'm pissed at some Bama fans this week. Then I got pissed off to this morning because we're talking about Sarah Palin and the fact that her." unvaccinated sick COVID ass is going into restaurants in New York without a mask and spreading her COVID germs everywhere. And some guy tells me, oh, well, you're just going to have to deal with COVID. I said, listen, the difference is that I'm willing to, I'm, I'm vaccinated, I'm willing to wear a mask and I care about other people. That's the difference. And that pissed me off the attitude of not giving a fuck about anybody but yourself. That, that that's, two, that's two things I've been dealing with this week. So like I said, this is my therapy session to let all this out. I mean, I, I, I totally understand. I, I totally understand it. I think my my whole thing, uh, my whole thing has never, you know, I, I use this as a way to avoid my neighbors. I mean, that's the only reason why I created this podcast. Um, that's the only reason why I cre- created the podcast. Um, I think for me, this podcast is therapy. But it also allows me to talk to people because I don't talk to my neighbors. I try to stay clear, okay? I They're good people, but it's just that it's like this weird vibe when it comes to me. It's like, oh, yeah, we know you do your podcast and everything. I'm like, yeah, but I don't always do it. You can always talk to me, you know? And we, it, 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 it feels tough when you have people that are supposedly your neighbors, they give you the silent treatment. And that kind of makes it harder. It just puts you like, it's, it, it's a bigger hole that gets dug. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's a bigger hole that gets dug. And it's like, so for me, I think that was why 
2020 was so difficult because I couldn't be with my friends. I didn't have an outlet and I didn't have an, an outlet and I didn't have, there was no kind of light. Like I don't, you know, there was no kind of light. And I think that's the reason why I created the podcast when I did, uh, when I did and stuff. So that being said, the big news of the week is, um, the big news of the week, and I'm, um, messaging the guest, my guest, um, my guest, and, uh, the big news of the week, Stacy was Sean, Sean Payton retiring, and, um, I was shocked, like, I was, I was shocked, but I really wasn't like, if you look at, you know, and, and, and I'm gonna say this and I, and I know we're gonna go back and forth. Our guests gonna be joining us momentarily. Um, we always tell people, once you feel like you can't do a job anymore, walk away from it because jobs don't love you. And we tell people this all the time. We say this all the time on social media. We say this with everything, right, Stacey? So people, I get the whole idea of people being mad at how it happened, but I also thought about it in a in a long in a before we went on air. Um, Connor Payton, his son, is twenty two years old. Okay, his son was six years old when he took that job. I think Megan, his daughter. Um, I think she just graduated from college. Uh, she just Pepperdine. She went to she went to Pepperdine. Um, Connor Connor went to Texas Christian. He went to TCU. Okay. So they didn't they didn't go to LSU. They went to one went to Pepperdine. One went to TCU. What I'm where I'm going with this is the fact that here's the thing. We basically watched connor and megan grow up we basically watched them grow up as new orleans saint fans it's the same thing that you know you as a still as a as a cowboys fan when tom landry left it was like that was all you knew like that was all you knew was tom yeah. landry Yep. And then now, and then it, then it came in for, you know, for, uh, for most people, for most people under the age of, I'll say 40, you know, they vaguely remember Tom Brady. I mean, not Tom Brady. They vaguely remember Tom Landry, but their formation or their fan formation was mainly during the Jimmy Johnson era and the Barry right. Switzer era. So they know about that because they remember it. But for, but so, so that being said, that being said, it's like you look at cities and coaches and these coaches who have had like longevity. Like when you think about, when you think about pre-social media coaches, the only coaches in the big three sports that are still around at the same job they were at, Bill Belichick, John Harbaugh, and Greg Popovich. Those are the only three. 
Think about that for one second. There are only three coaches. If you look at, for example, in college football, in college football, the only coaches that are still at the same school they were at in the P5 uh, before social media took off, Nick Saban, Pat Fitzgerald, Kirk Ferentz. Think of like, like three, three different, there's only three coaches. And then if you look at college basketball, you have Coach K, Bill Self, Roy Williams, I mean, not Roy Williams, uh, Bill Self, Coach K, Tom Izzo, and Mark Few. Well, I, like so, like so it. yeah, so it's like, so where I'm going with this is the days of coaches staying at one place for 20 and 30 years, those days are over. You know, coaches aren't going to be coaching into their 70s. There are some that will, but in terms of how, as opposed to what it was like 25 years ago, you know, the times have changed. I, I agree. Most coaches, you know, I remember when Saban was hired and people were like, well, he's not going to be there five years he'll be gone and I mean I think and I agree the closest he ever came was probably leaving for Texas and he decided against that and I've said to people what cemented I think Nick Saban to Tuscaloosa forever was the tornadoes back in 2011 and I think that just he when that hit I think it changed the landscape and I think it changed Nick Saban mm-hmm Think Stacy, we think think I lost Stacy for a little bit. Um, he became part of the community, and when he won right after Hurricane Katrina hit, you know, well, a few years after Katrina hit, he became part of the community. He is New Orleans for a lot of people, like Archie Manning was when he played. So I'm sure, you know, the day Saban finally retires is, is going to be a very sad day in the state. And 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 um, because he is part of the University of Alabama now, and for him to go to what going on year sixteen, yeah, I mean sixteen years. Like he 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 got he got to Alabama right after Sean Payton. Like and to think about it, I think about it. For example, you know I'm a Cardinals fan. This is going to be Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright's last season together as a as battery mates. Like all I've known for the last seventeen years is Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright. And Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina won their first world championship the same year that Sean Payton took over in New Orleans. And this is going to be Yadier's Molina, Yadier Molina's final season with Sean Payton retiring as head coach of the Saints. How, how, how's that for, you know, a sense of irony? Well, I think that that's, I think that, but that's, as, as both of us being sports fans and working in the industry, you know, it, it just strikes us how those memories, you know, like you said, we grew up with these people, a lot of us. Like I said, I was in my 30s. I'm, I turned 50 a few weeks ago. I was in my 30s when Nick Saban was hired, you know, 35 
matter of fact when so yeah so you were you know so i think for you and for me i think we were different in terms of in terms of how we reacted to how i think you would react to the news if if nick saban retired i reacted to the sean payton news uh uh retiring sean payton retiring i was shocked but i wasn't surprised because what people don't realize sean payton had COVID twice he had COVID right at the, he had COVID twice he just got married his kids are all his kids are all adults um his kids are adults and you get to this point where okay I don't have any more rivers to cross there's no rivers for him to cross like you're a Super Bowl champion court uh head coach that's gonna stay with him forever and he brought something to this city because nobody wanted to play in New Orleans. I mean, if you played for the Saints, you were just here for a check. You that weren't going to win. That was a death sentence. That was like, yeah, he, it, you know, oh yeah, it was a, it was a sin. It was a death. It was a death sentence. It was like you, um, the story, one story Archie Manning told was that uh, they had signed this player and the football player did not know where the damn Superdome was. And the coach basically ends up cutting him. So you had those kind of stories. And, you know, and Sean Payton changed all of, all of that. It's sort of like we were talking about in a Twitter space about the Pelicans. And I said, you know, we got to have people that want to play here but you got to yeah. give people a reason to come here because right. for the most part, nobody wants to come to new Orleans because there's no kind of winning culture here. I mean, you look at Memphis, like if you look at the Grizzlies, for example, Stacy, and, and I know we're way, way, way off topic and I'm going on some tangent. People didn't want to like playing for the Grizzlies prior to 2011, you were just doing it to get a check a game check. You were just doing it for the money. And it was no kind of culture. It was nothing. All it was, was a place where you just went to play out your final years in basketball. Because Allen Iverson ended his career, uh, well, he didn't end his career with the Grizzlies, but he played some of his final games in the NBA with the Grizzlies. And there was a photo of him with one of those Bill Street blue guitars. And it was like this big signing deal. It was a big deal because it was like the most high, it was the, the highest, it was the most high profile um, uh, player that the, the, that the Grizzlies had signed up to that point. And it didn't work out. It, uh, the the, the, uh, the signing didn't work out or any of that stuff. And when they got Tony Allen, when they brought Tony Allen to Memphis, it made it cool to be a Grizz fan. And it's like Ja Morant and all those guys, they're basically byproducts of what happened 10 and 11 years ago. And now Memphis is that cool city and that cool place to be at and where you can actually build a brand 
and maybe attract some, I wouldn't say high, high name, high, you know, high end free agents, but you got guys that want to come and play in Memphis as opposed to where it was 10 years ago or even 20 years ago. Well, I, I think you're right that a lot of people, you know, you want to play in certain cities. I think uh, like we talked about with Sean Payton coming to the Cowboys and you don't think, a lot of Saints fans think he won't. And I said, well, if you, I, if, like I said, I would throw every piece of that, you know, Daryl Jones would be crazy not to at least try and say, listen, I will let you have this team. Cause I'm thinking that's the only way he probably gets Sean to come play. I mean, come coaching Dallas is he would have to step down as general manager, but it could be worth it to Jerry Jones. But I was watching Damian Woody, I think this morning saying that would, you know, he would throw money. And I said the same thing, throw money. But, and I think about um, with Sean Payton, it would be for me one, I want Sean Payton because I think for Dallas, you talk about culture change. Dallas needs a culture change. They need to have somebody in there. There's no nonsense. That's going to put his foot up somebody's ass if they don't play right. And we haven't had that since Jimmy Johnson. Like you said, Dallas has had, other than Parcells, Dallas has hired a bunch of yes men to coach that team. And it hasn't worked out for Jerry Jones. And I think he is finally, hopefully, opening his eyes to see that you're paying too much damn money having this much damn talent. That Prescott is not a terrible quarterback. This is not Jimmy Garoppolo we're out here playing. You know, to have somebody to not at least get to the NFC championship game at least once every few years, this is getting to the point of ridiculousness. And we, you're always talking about uh, teams and, and coaches wasting talent. That Prescott's talent is being wasted in Dallas if they don't bring in somebody that knows how to coach him. And Mike McCarthy, my main problem is this team is not disciplined. And I really believe Jerry needs to do every fucking thing he can to get Sean Payton in Dallas. I don't care if that means give him a piece of ownership, if that means sitting up here stepping down as general manager and say, here, here are the keys to the Porsche. You take care of it. I trust you to do it. That's the only way. And I think Dallas needs a change of culture. And I think Sean Payton brings that. He brought it to New Orleans. Like you said, people didn't even want to think about playing in New Orleans because they always have been associated with losing. And now, you know, with Sean Payton and Drew Brees brought to that city, now people want to go play there. Now people are like, yeah, I want to go play in New Orleans. And the fans, too, for that matter. You have bought the winning. People want to go play there, and they're excited to go play in New Orleans. And people still, you know, a lot of guys still love the Cowboys and want to go play for the Cowboys, but there needs to be a culture change. And I am for Sean Payton. I don't care how much. If they need to pay him $20 million a year to come to Dallas, if I got to chip in a dollar to help, damn it, I'm here for it. I think if, if you're Sean Payton, uh, to me, I think he would be great as, a, as an analyst. I could see him going that route because you don't have to do anything. You don't have to worry about injury reports all you do like when you're an analyst when you're part of a broadcasting team you got let's see what do you do you got production meetings you fly you know you fly to you know the, the game and and all those things um you don't have to worry about things like preparing for the draft 
free agency, combine, NFL combine, all those things. You don't have to worry about any of those things. So I would rather take the route of being an announcer than being a coach. I would rather do that. But I also think, I also think here, we talked about this on my podcast, on the, on the Ryan Show podcast the other night. What we said, we talked, me and my friends, my best friend, Steph, Mike Holmgren is not in the Hall of Fame. Mike Shanahan is not in the Hall of Fame. Mike Shanahan won two Super Bowls, right? Okay. Right. Mike Holmgren is the reason why, you know, people of my generation know of the Packers as a very successful organization. They were they had a history before Mike Holmgren, but that was not that was during my parents' lifetime, like my parents' childhood. Okay. Between Lombardi and Holmgren, they weren't shit. They weren't shit. Um, when Mike Holmgren came in, ever since Mike Holmgren been in, uh, took over in Green Bay, the, uh, the Packers have gone to nine NFC Championship games. They've played in four Super Bowls, and they've been to nine NFC Championship games. So I look at Sean Payton the same way I look at Mike Holmgren. Both should be in the Hall of Fame. The same way I feel about Marty Schottenheimer. Marty Schottenheimer should be in the Hall of Fame, and he's not in there. And I think the knock against Mike Holmgren and Schottenheimer is that they didn't go into media to plead for their case to be in the Football Hall of Fame. But why should they have to? Both of them, like Schottenheimer is one of the greatest coaches of all time without a Super Bowl. But that best coach that never best coach yeah. that never coach in the soup in the Super Bowl. Man can still coach though. And I feel sorry for him at the end of his life. He had Alzheimer's. Yeah, he had like and it was sad. Like it was sad. Like he won two hundred games. He had two he won two hundred games. He took the Browns to I think let's see, three he took the Browns to what? Three, two, uh took them to two uh AFC championship games. I mean, he all, you know, two AFC championship games. He took the Chiefs to a, a, a championship game. Uh, he took, he took, um, he took the Browns to the AFC championship. Yeah, game. he That's took them there. Right. You know, and, and Elway beat him there. So, so it's know, like, I, I mean, if you look at, if you look at it like, okay, in his time in the NFL, in his time in the NFL, the, uh, he won what three division titles in Cleveland. He won three division titles in uh, in Kansas City. He won two in San Diego. He had you know Drew Brees as his quarterback the first three years in first three years in Kansas and San Diego. Well, four years that is. There was Drew Brees behind center. He went to the he went to the playoffs with two different quarterbacks in San Diego. His Winning percentage, I think, is like one of the highest in um, in NFL in NFL history. Uh, but the thing is, the thing is, Stacy, the fact that you have to go into the media after you are done with coaching to maybe to to vouch for your 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 candidacy into the Hall of Fame as a coach, it's maddening because. I didn't even know Jimmy Johnson was not in the Hall of Fame 
until last year. I thought Jimmy Jones had been in the Hall of Fame. And that's ridiculous. Jimmy Johnson is one of the greatest coaches of all time. And for him to not even make the Hall of Fame until this year, that's ridiculous. I was like shocked. I was like, how is he not in the Hall of Fame? I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, he coached in Dallas, what, three? He coached in Dallas, what, five years? I think five, five years. years. So he coached in, in Dallas five years. Uh, and I think he coached in Miami three years. So he coached eight years. I, so in a way, I could see why he had not been selected into the Hall of Fame. But you got to also look at I look at it in a in a big picture sense. He's one of three coaches to win an NFC uh, a championship in pro in the NFL and in college. Barry Switzer did it. Paul Brown did it, Pete Carroll did it, Jimmy Johnson did it. And I, I, I always wondered why he didn't get in when he should have gotten in. I mean, he was 80 and 64, uh, 80 and 64 in the NFL, nine and four in, in the postseason. He should have been, he should have been got in. Well, I think I think all the coaches you mentioned will get in. But I think it's just going to take it's going to take some years. They really, uh, to me, value players over the coaches, and, not, and nothing wrong with that. There's some great coaches out there, some great players, but still, you know. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a person that doesn't believe like okay. W- one of the thing, one of the things um, I will say, uh, one of the things I will say is this. Um, I don't think every coach who wins a Super Bowl should go to the Hall of Fame. Like George Seifert is not in the Hall of Fame. Gary Kubiak is not a Hall of Fame coach. Yes, you won a Super Bowl, but you're not a Hall of Fame coach. Pete Carroll is a college football Hall of Famer. He's not a pro football Hall of Famer. Now that I have to disagree with you on because he's taken the Seahawks to what? A couple of Super Bowls. He's won one. He's won. He's done. And I think, and I have to say that if we're going to say that, then then we need to take Steve Young out because Steve Young is considered one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But Steve Young, like Brett Favre, only has one Super Bowl. And that's probably going to be the case, I think, for Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers is probably going to end his career with just one Super Bowl. So does that mean if a player, I mean, because if we're going to do this, then Dan Marino doesn't deserve to be there because right. he never went to the Super Bowl. Right. I mean, he went, he went to one, but, but you're, you're great. You're, you're absolutely you're you're absolutely right because it's like people give these criterias for the pro foot for pro football hall of fame for the pro football hall of fame and I, I you know uh my man's brian asked me the other day do i think uh jimmy graham is a hall of famer i'm like he's not a hall of famer but then i looked at his stats i'm like wow you're right he should be in the hall of fame but in the whole, in the, in the, uh, what people don't realize, there's only nine tight ends in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Like the Jason. Pro Football, the Pro Football Hall of Fame is very biased against tight ends. I think. I could only think of one, and that's Ozzie Newsom. Yeah, Ozzie <laughs> Newsom. Yeah. yeah, I mean Ozzie Newsom. I think Antonio Gates should go to the Hall of Fame. I think uh, Tony Gonzalez is already in there. 
But I think Jimmy Graham should go. Antonio Gates should go. Antonio Gates Jason should go. And go. Jason Whitney should go. But then, but then it's going to always be this thing of, okay, he's going to get allowed into the Hall of Fame, but Romo is not going to get in. Because everybody's going to say Romo should be in just like um, just like um, Jason Witten. And, uh, and and they're not wrong in all it. They're not wrong. But I, I also... Think, <coughs> excuse me. I think Romo is going to get in as a broadcaster. Mark my words. I mean, That's I, how Romo I, is I, I think in. I think to me, I think he should get in. I think I think he should get in as a player. But then I, I think... I'm getting him in as a player, but I think you're going to hear the argument He's probably gonna be like uh, with with uh, Drew Pearson. He'll get in, but he's probably gonna be one of them last minute. Okay, we'll let Tony Romo in. But I, I truly believe he'll get in as a broadcaster. Aikman is probably gonna go in again as a broadcaster. A lot of people don't like him, but Troy Aikman is a pretty good broadcaster. He'll go in. I think Romo will go in as a broadcaster. I never would have thought as many years Tony Romo would be a great broadcaster, but he is. Uh, he's really good. He's really good. So now we shift over to what happened this past weekend. Um, Aaron Rodgers said that a lot of people were rooting for him, were rooting for him. And I want to, I really don't understand why he's mad that people were rooting against him on this past weekend. I'm like, I really did not care if he won or lost. Okay. My team is not in it. So I really don't care. I don't have an emotional attachment to this. But, and you and I have talked about this ad nauseum, um, Stacy. Aaron Rodgers had a platform on the Pat McAfee show. The difference between Pat Ma- Aaron Rodgers and Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving admitted, accepted responsibility, and kept it moving. Aaron Rodgers did not do that. Aaron Rodgers, if anything, kept walking around thinking shit was sweet. And then he got caught in his own lie and he was still allowed and enabled uh, to, 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 to talk about his, his, his viewpoints. And the reason, if you're mad about people rooting against you, it's not, maybe you're the problem. You get what I'm saying? You're the problem here because all this could have been resolved if you had went and got the vaccine. But see, here's the thing. Rogers talks all this shit. Aaron Rodgers wants to be like, don't be fooled by this shit. Because he's, like, like, he's upset because he knows we saw him. I was an Aaron Rodgers fan. I want to like Aaron Rodgers again because he supports Black Lives Matter. He doesn't he doesn't mind the kneeling and all that other stuff. But when he turned into this guy, he turned into to that guy, turned into anti-vax guy, it turned me off of him completely. So hell yeah, I admit it. I was I was I like the 49ers anyway, because you know I have a curse on Jimmy Garoppolo. We'll get to I that. understand. I but understand. <laughs> the man is fine, y'all. But anyway. But yeah, I was cheering against him, but I want to like Aaron Rodgers. I cheered for him last year against Tom Brady, and he blew that game. But Aaron Rodgers, don't let y'all don't y'all don't be fooled by the Aaron Rodgers bullshit. He wants to be liked. He likes being liked. He does not like. 
people not liking him and appreciating him like he was. I mean, Stephen A. Smith called him out a few times this week. He dragged him like he dragged the Cowboys the other week. He likes being America's quarterback. And he can sit there and lie and say, oh, you know, uh, I don't care and calling out woke culture and all this bullshit. Let me go and tell you, he likes being liked. He, he's he wants dude. to be liked. You know, he, he wants to be liked. And, 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 and I think the thing is, I think if you talk to people, in, people in Green Bay were tired of his shit. You talk to a lot of reasonable Packer fans, they would tell you that they were tired of his shit. Um, you th- I think about, uh, I was at, uh, I had did a podcast with uh, a lady named Tina. She's like the uh, managing editor of Canal Street Chronicles. And she had told me a story about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, a Packers fan talked to her about it, about Aaron Rodgers. And she was like, you know, the way that they came out against the Saints. Now, you would think we would have been, you know, our heads would have been somewhere else. You get what I'm saying? Our heads would have been somewhere right. else. But then, um, but then we came out there and we want and, and uh we came out there and um and beat them 38 to 3. But one of the things I kept explaining to someone, Aaron Rodgers and those receivers were not on the same page. And I was like, that right there told me everything I needed to know in terms of the preparation and all the drama, you know, you can say what you want to say about Drew Brees, but Drew Brees didn't do anything like this during the off season. Now he has said some stupid shit, but in terms of what Aaron Rodgers did last summer, he didn't do this. He didn't pull this shit, but Aaron Rodgers, he, you know, I do agree with you. He does want to be like, and I think if you talk to Packer fans, they I think they embrace Favre more than they um, embrace Favre more than they embrace, they they love Favre. I think they like him more than they like Aaron Rodgers. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, I, they I, I think they I, I think they I think they like him a lot more than they like Aaron Rodgers. But I, I think that's the thing is that. He, I mean, whether, you know, he wants to be liked. That's quite obvious that he wants, he wants to be loved on like they love Brett Favre. Like you said, they have a love affair with Brett Favre. And I think they do with Aaron Rodgers too, but he still like Favre. Favre was their guy. Well, I mean, when he came back and played with Minnesota, he was still their guy. And Aaron Rodgers was playing at the time. So, you know, it's just like to me, it reminds me of the Steve Young and Joe Montana thing. Uh, Steve Young was never fully embraced by the 49er fans. I mean, they embraced him eventually, but not like they do Joe Montana. And you talk 49ers, you, the first thing that doesn't come out of your mouth is Steve Young, it's Joe Montana. So I think that's the same way. But, I, you know, Aaron Rodgers talking about, to me, getting distracted and getting into politics, which, you know, I'm not one of those people who say shut up and ball, but basically in this case, yeah, he should have just shut up and ball. His concentration should have been on the game. And the fact that he obviously wasn't paying attention to the fact that he was 0-3 against this team. These dudes, 49ers, they did number, play defense and did special teams. Didn't have to throw, didn't have to do nothing. Just play defense. 
and 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 um, got special teams, uh, got lucky on special teams, and they won the game. And here's supposed to be the MVP running his damn mouth the week before talking about being silenced and not being able to talk about what he wants to talk about. And now you're totally and completely silent for the rest of the season, bro. Bye-bye. And I couldn't help but laugh because I figured he got exactly what he damn deserved. And now he's in a corner upset because, oh, well, people don't like me. Really? So? <laughs> I mean, what you expect? You're anti-vax. Nobody's going to like you right now. Hell, I, I mean, you're, it's the thing, and the, the thing is that he, like, the desire to be liked, um, the desire to be liked, is it, 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 it's paramount to everything else around him. And I think one of the things, I think one of the things, one of the more frustrating things is that I had a crush on his girlfriend, Shailene Woodley, and it's like I cannot look at her the same way. Like, I always thought she was, like, really cute. And it's like, she doesn't bathe. She's a burner, and oh, my God. I'm like, why do, why, why do, why do celebrities, why do some of my celebrity crushes turn out to be shitty-ass people? Why? Like, you got to do the research. You got to... I, I didn't. I knew she was a. Now, I, I, I like. I could. I could look past the fact that she was a Bernie, a Bernie Sanders supporter. Like, you know, your views are your views, but at the same time, I was like, oh my god, this 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 chick is like really really weird, like really 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 weird. You know. She don't. Eat- she look like the type that don't bathe. Like I look at, Ugh. like I can look at Aaron Rodgers. You can tell Aaron Rodgers doesn't bathe, but like once a week, he probably yeah. He he watches like, like the like we used to call it. We used to call it the event. He doesn't watch the Adventures of Soap and Water every night. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. He don't, and uh, he looked like like when Brad Pitt. I think confessed that uh, confessed to that a few years ago that he didn't bathe and stuff. And I said, I, yeah, I can see that. I can see that because I, I and I have a problem with that. I'm OCD about being clean. So I have to say, if I don't take a shower or a bath, some kind of bath every day, either one or two things, I'm too tired or I'm sick. Cause yeah, <laughs> I'm I, I know sick. for a fact. I, I know for a fact when I when I got really sick back in uh, at the beginning of the month, I had went like a day, and I, I always have like this very like I have a I have a sick a sick like a sick jacket like it's a jacket I'm wearing now, and I had a scarf on, and I was like, I just don't want to be. I just don't want. I feel like death right now. I feel like death and everything. It ruined my masturbation drive too. That that <laughs> things I didn't need to hear. TMI. We close, but we ain't that close. Right, right. I mean, you can't. I, no, no. You also the only only state that allows you to have wet dreams about cousins is in Mississippi. Those people in Mississippi <laughs> would do that. Arkansas, those people would definitely do that. So now we shift over to the uh, to the overtime rules. Um, do you feel that we need to change the overtime rules? Because in the NFL, I don't think we should, because Buffalo shouldn't have been in that position to begin with. You know, you gave one of the best quarterbacks in the league thirteen seconds to do what he do to do what he do. 
to 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 do what he wants to do with that offense. You had a chance to 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 put an end to this, but you didn't do that. And now you and, and and I do understand, I do understand that they should have gotten another a shot at countering at uh, a, a shot in overtime. I do feel like that. I do feel that way. However, I do think also, what if they use the whole 15 minutes of sudden death of, of overtime? Then what happens? Second overtime. Right. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know how get, you change it. I, I, I don't know how you can change this. I get the perspective of that. I do. I understand. But at least for the playoffs, I mean, if you don't do it for regular season, that's one thing. But for the playoffs, yeah, you should. You got to. Uh, to me, and the, and the game goes on. Like they even do the shit in college football. Even though I don't like the rules of let's go for two from that point on, that's dumb. To me, they ought to make it. To me, my problem with college football is they ought to do it like regular regulation. Kick the damn ball off, march down the field. You try to stop them. You don't stop them. The first touchdown, you know. If the, everybody gets one possession. You don't score that possession, you score. The next person scores field goal, touchdown, win. In the game. Same thing with the NFL. Okay, you score. The Kansas City Chiefs score on that first possession. Okay, then you then to, to me, the Buffalo Bills should at least have one possession. If they can't score, game over. I mean, that's it. I mean, but to me, to end it like, okay, well, they score and that's it. And kudos, let me say this, to the Chiefs. Although, fuck Patrick Mahomes' girlfriend. I don't like her. We'll get to her in a minute. But kudos for them because this is what pisses me off as a Dallas fan. They did that shit in 13 seconds. Dallas dicked around and had one second more and couldn't even couldn't even try to make a throw into the end zone. I'm still mad about that. But, yeah, they did what they had to do. I mean, 13 seconds, I agree. The Bills' defense left them tremendously because – Josh Allen got my total respect after that game because I was like, uh, he to me, I had him on that 10 slightly better than Tannehill thing. Now he has totally moved up in my eyes to one of the best. Oh, he is good. Like I, I saw him, I saw him in I saw him in action against the uh, against the Saints uh on Thanksgiving, and he is the real deal. I mean, the, the future of the NFL is in great hands. I mean, you've seen today. The rapist decided to uh, call it a career. Exactly. And, like you know, the, 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 the rapist decided to call uh, call a career, call it a career and stuff. And, you know, it's the changing of the guard. You know, it's the changing of the guard. You think about like back in 19, you know, back in, 19, in 2000, back in 2000, you had, um, you had Steve Young, Dan Marino, Jim Kelly, all those guys, John Elway, those guys retired. And then now those those guys that came in, they're now walking away. You know, you got, you know, the Tom Brady. I mean, I think Tom Brady's going to announce his retirement very soon. I don't see him coming back. Uh, I really don't. Um, but the thing is, how do how do we in, in terms of greatness, Stacy? Where would you rank if you had to sit and write down 20, the top 20 quarterbacks in history in the NFL, where would you rank uh, the rapist? 
he wouldn't be in my top 20. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's so many guys. Of, I mean, you mean of all time? No. I, he's going to be a Hall of Famer, however, because he's won a Super Bowl or two. Super two of them. I mean, he was the, I think he was like <laughs> one of the youngest, the, the, the one of the youngest to, uh, win a Super Bowl. I mean, he was one of the youngest. I think he was like 20, he was like 23. He was like 22, 23 when he won that Super Bowl uh, with, with Bill Cower and uh, Jerome Bettis. Um, I, I, would, I mean, he's not, to me, he might top 25 maybe, but top 20 now, because I could already in my mind have guys way ahead of him because we know Brady's going to be number one. The fight is going to be for who's number two. And right now it's probably Joe Montana. But you got to think about Aikman won three Super Bowls, Terry Bradshaw won four, uh, Peyton Manning has two, and he's one of the greatest passes of all time. Dan Marino's going to be up there because he's one of the great. He he's the greatest passer probably of all time. So you had to consider there's so many guys ahead of him that, like I said, he might be top 25, top 30, but top 20, no. Like I said, I could make a list right now. He wouldn't be in mine. I, I would put him in my if top 20. he is 20. in my top 20, He's gonna be low in the top. I mean, if, if I had like in my top twenty, I think I would put him definitely in my top. I, I would put him definitely in my top twenty. I think you look at you know all the records he has in franchise history, and then the fact that he has to he's played it. He played in three Super Bowls. Um, also, in addition to that, I think you know you you know I think because I've been watching the NFL since 1990. So in my lifetime, I would put Big Ben maybe in my top 10, like in my lifetime, like all time, all time is kind of hard because with all time quarterbacks, you have to divide it into errors. You know, you have to divide it into errors. Um, In terms of in my lifetime, like my lifetime, I would say, Top 10, I would have, like, in no particular order, in no particular order, um, I would have Phil, Philip, Philip Rivers, Tony Romo, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, that's five I just named, The Rapist, that's six, um, seven through 10, I would have to put I would put Dan Marino in that in that in that top ten. I would put John Elway in that top ten. That's eight. Pat Mahomes should get some consideration, but I'm not ready to put him in the top in like the top ten that I've seen uh in my life. Like in my lifetime, I would say he's up there. But is it too early for me to put Pat Mahomes in my top ten quarterbacks? I have seen in my lifetime? I don't think it is because I think to me he's one of the best but if we're talking about I would just say this generation alone mine would be of course uh, probably be Brady, Manning, Breeze, Farr, Rogers, Mahomes was that six, uh, Philip Rivers is up there, Matt Ryan might be up there. Yeah Matt uh, Ryan yeah, Matt Ryan, Ryan is, is up there. Uh, who else? Who else am I missing? We forgot about Steve McNair because that's part of the that generation. He's I think Steve McNair was better, even though he didn't win the Super Bowl and he died way too young. 
but he was up there. I remember I where I was the day that he died. Somebody called me. I was like, somebody had called me and told me that he died. I was like, what? And um, and I felt like, man, he would like in terms of like great African American quarterbacks, he's up there as like the top, like top five, top ten, like top five at least. And I, think, I, I, I think, I think you could say you could make a case for Cam Newton uh, as a top twenty, maybe a top thirty all time quarterback. Top twenty. I think he's better than I think Cam is better than Big Ben. I think his, I think he's better. And you know, I yeah. think Cam Newton, but I think I think he's up there. I mean, to me, I can name my top twenty, and he probably would not be in it. He's just, I just, I die. and then maybe because, like you said, he's a rapist to me. I, I, I still that stitch had never washed off of him to me, and I roll my eyes, and especially the last few years of his career, he's. Sucks. Like the last few years of Brady and Rogers, they're at the top of their game. Big Ben, when he went down here, he went like a fucking rock. I mean, he was awful the last few years, especially his last year. And I get it. You know, Manning wasn't great his last year, but Manning could still do some stuff. You know, Manning. I mean, Drew wasn't even bad. Drew, Drew wasn't Drew, either. You know, Drew wasn't even that bad during you know the last few years i mean he got he kept he got hurt but he yeah. wasn't he wasn't that bad the final um the final years that um that he was uh playing in for the saints so i think you know it, time will tell i think you know it's kind of like the thing that i think that i think that upsets me the most is that big ben got a chance to end his career he, he played his last game in a full Heinz field, and Drew Brees had to play his final game in an empty fucking Superdome. Well, uh, that is a tragedy of him having retired. That's why I'm like with Brady. I think that, in my opinion, his wife is going to let him play one more year. I think this is it because he said 45 was going to be it for him. So I think this year will be his last one. I think he, he wants to go out, but I did a story today saying that somebody was uh, Mike uh, uh, Fioro, I think I'm saying his name right, and uh, he said he thinks that Brady could be traded to the 49ers for last year, and I said, that's insane. I said, what? I said, he's going to uproot his kids and stuff to play one last time? He like I said, he doesn't have to do that, and, and, I think, and I think you're right, he might be leaning towards retirement because he doesn't have anything to prove. He owns every, damn near every passing record. He owns playoff records. He owns the most Super Bowls. He ain't got shit to prove. The only reason he would play is because he wants to be like Manning and Elway. He wants to go out on top. That's the only reason I can see him coming back. But he doesn't have to. But I still think he will play one more year. I think Rodgers is probably going to play for Denver. I'm starting to be convinced he's going to leave Green Bay. Even though somebody else said he would be insane to do it because he had to go against these young quarterbacks. But I think he's gone. I think so too. I think the thing, I think honestly, as I said, everything is still up in the air and we are now joined by, um, by my friend, be trusty, be trusty, unmute yourself. You're on with Stacy and Ryan on the midweek show. Um, he's going to probably unmute himself pretty soon. 
All right, uh, be trusty. Unmute yourself. See if we can hear him. We'll be talking to get his thoughts on the um, get his thoughts on Sean Payton and everything. He'll be joining us momentarily. But st- folks, let me tell y'all this: Meal Brewery, located in the Irish Channel, they're a title sponsor of the midweek show. And they have some great beer for you guys. Bill Brewery is located at 405 6th Street in the Irish Channel. Just a mighty, just a, um, I would say, Taysun Hill, Taysun Hill, Hail Mary from the Dome, whatever. But they got, but I will say this, Bill Brewery, they got the pop-up, they got the pop-up food trucks coming back. Crawfish Boil is this weekend, January 30th, hatching Harvest Food Truck on January 29th. The campfire pop-up is tomorrow from 5 to 9. And they're going to have a crawfish boil, another one from 12 to 4 on Saturday with crawfish from Mais La Seafood. Uh, So they are located at 405 6th Street in the Irish Channel. Make sure you guys go and get your beers, get your uh, take-home beers to go beers. They got them all for you. At meal at meal brew, they got the four packs to go, and that's the um, new beer release. They got field day. It's a juicy IPA. Uh, they got the apple crumble desert gose, six uh, percent ABV. The double trouble American stout. Four pack is sixteen bucks, and then they also got the surreal surrealista surrealista, and that's a honey IPA brewed with honey and hydro. Dry hop with HBC four seven two. So we are joined by B Trusty. B Trusty, how are you doing this evening? Oh, Stacy, I think he think will see he's gonna unmute. I'm trying to get him to unmute. But uh, but but in terms of uh, back to what I was saying, we'll be joined uh momentarily by uh B Trust. He is uh in the queue, and I'm trying to get him to unmute. But Stacey, I think the thing is with with retirements of, of players that we grew up watching, you always see like a passing of the torch. It's like if you look at baseball, when um Hank Aaron and Willie Mays and all those guys retired, you had um. The passing of the torch was relegated to guys like Dave Winfield, Don Baylor, Eddie Murray. Uh, and then when those guys retired, it went down to Barry Larkin and Fred McGriff and uh, Shawan Dunstan and all and uh, Willie McGee and all those guys. So it's like I think that's what you see a lot, you know, and I, you know, I think that's what you see a lot when you when it comes to like retirements. Uh, retirements, not just in football just not just players but also coaches and one yeah, of the I, you know and one of the things um be trusty i'm trying to get him to unmute his mic still trying to get him to unmute all right all right see i'm have to like get him to turn your mic on okay all right, but um, as I said, you know, I think the thing is, you know, we are, you know, when you get older, you start to see like the guys that you grew up watching, 
they're you see them as adults and and everything of that nature so it's like you know it's like it like life is a cycle anyway like life is cycle like it's like life is a um a, a cycle and everything so uh hopefully uh be we'll get be trusty on to talk about his thoughts about the about the saints and everything but uh also stacy i also would like to also say i gotta give a shout out to eli apple i gotta give a shout mm-hmm. out to eli apple eli apple beetlejuice ass is a fucking pedophile the guy slid into a 17 year old girl's dms on instagram yuck how old is this man the man is about 27. yuck so this so so this beetlejuice motherfucker (laughs) so this beetlejuice motherfucker decided to take a dump on the city of new orleans now the only reason why people in new orleans and saint fans tolerated him was because he was from ohio state and what i was gonna say he was from ohio state just like marshawn Lattimore, von bell well von bell wasn't playing for us michael thomas and um marshawn Lattimore went to to ohio state so the thing was we tolerated him and we showed utmost respect to his mom. I had conversations with his mom about the NCAA, about politics, about colorism and all these things. And then after the Bengals won like probably like the biggest game, the, the biggest victory in modern Cincinnati sports history, he decides to take a dump on not only the Giants, but the Saints, and you want to take a dump on the city of New Orleans. And you have to also realize this, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, we were pulling for them, but now we have to be tempered in our rooting for him, uh, for, for Burrow and, and Chase, because I don't want to see that motherfucking Beetlejuice motherfucker um, celebrate i want him getting burned like a fucking like burned to a crisp on sunday because we tolerated him you get what i'm saying Stacey? we tolerated him because he of the ohio state connection and also on top of that on top of that he's community pussy he's been passed around like a three dollar hoe <laughs> So, I, you know, the I, told, you, you saw what I said the other day. He bold because y'all don't play about that city and you don't play about the Saints. I don't, like I said, as much as I joke around and I like messing with state fans and teasing y'all, I know what line I don't cross. I ain't going now. There's certain things I ain't for the, that, when, that's like Bushman Bama when, fans. When, you know when, don't go with us. When, when I show this, it's a woman named Nicole. Nicole basically destroyed the entire Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization. I'm, when I say she literally destroyed that organization, she basically destroyed that organization because of the Devin White in, the Devin White shit. She was like, "Oh, they pissed me off. 
they're going to feel my wrath in a span of 24 in a span of a month in a span of three weeks antonio brown leaves they lose in the playoffs and some of their guys start getting injured and shit so i was like oh yeah uh eli apple you're about to feel my friends my friend nicole's wrath because when you piss off when you say stuff like that about the city of new orleans it doesn't end well for you and more importantly he is one of the worst first round draft picks in recent giants memory giant fans hated his ass because he was a walking talking dpi penalty waiting to happen it was the same thing that happened to him in new orleans every time every time a penalty was thrown for on somebody in the secondary we all knew it was fucking eli apple but now we find i find we come to find out that this guy was sliding in a 17 year old kid into a 17 year old kid's dms while playing for the saints and saying homophobic shit on his time on on his twitter and oh yeah his uncle's uh um his uncle's michael blackson who was that is that the comedian yeah that's his uncle <laughs> well like i said i mess with saint fans i have saint fans following me and i like to mess with y'all but i know what line to not cross and like i said y'all don't play about new orleans and you don't play about your football team and i will not do not that crazy now i'll mess with y'all about football and talk shit with y'all but i know y'all love that city to death I ain't gonna sit there and I don't make Katrina jokes. I don't sit there and talk. Oh about no! Him see, talk about, see, and him talking about the food, I want to slap him down. Then I said, "Well, wait, wait a minute! I ain't even from Louisiana. He's from, he from New Jersey, he said, so he's from New Jersey. He from, so what he know about food? You from I Jersey? Mean, you gonna sit there and talk about I mean, the, the gumbo the, and the, the only the, the food, the best, the best food they got there? That, well, like, what is New Jersey famous for? Like food wise, I don't even know. Uh, tasty cakes. Nothing because they steal everything from Philly because they're close to to, to and New York. Man. You don't don't forget New, New York. York. They ain't got no taste. No, don't forget no. New York. Uh, we're joined. Uh, B Trusty did try to join. B Trusty, please turn your mic on. B Trusty, you're on with Stacy and Ryan on the midweek show. Uh, do you have anything to say about Eli Apple? And also, uh, I, I want to ask you the question. Um, be trusted. Do you think Eli Apple would have survived in a New Orleans public in, in a New Orleans high school? Hell no. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> you, you, you don't think he was he, you don't think he would have survived in a, in a New Orleans high school. Like I, I posted a question on Twitter the other day. Uh, our friend Dree said that he would have been he would have went to Newman. Uh, I know uh, Mark Caesar said St. Aug. I kind of told him, I said, I think it would have been either Jesuit or Brother Martin. Do you think he, what, what high school you could, you could envision, could have envisioned him going to? Where Holy he, Cro- Holy he Cross? Have, he went to Holy Cross. And uh, I'm talking about the old school Holy Cross, not that one around the corner from where, my, where I grew up. He would have went to the Holy Cross across the canal and they would have, they would have clowned him. And if he went to a public school, he either went to, and, uh, and I'm going to say it like this, because I went there, he either would have been a, I mean, he would have went to McMain 
or he would have been at Ben Franklin. I I see him at Ben Franklin. I could I could see him. I could see him at Ben Franklin because I don't think he talked to black women. I no, really don't. He he Eli Apple is that dude that and it's it's very simple. His mama made him feel like he's special, so he act like he's special. Mm-hmm. But he act like he's more special led than special. And I, just, I see that. He, he's socially awkward. He uh he, he doesn't know he just he's just not cool. He doesn't have that what one would consider to be just cool. You know, he he's he's just he's like he's corny, man. That's the best way to describe him. Like RG, you would you say like RG three corny or would you say like RG three corny? Oh man, he he's worse than RG three. You know what? Yeah, he probably right there with RG three with just how corny he is. Like he just he thinks he's cool and everything that comes out of his mouth is just absolutely just foolishness. And every time he says something, you know, people just he's the kind of person when he says something, everybody's just gonna look at each other like, man, what did this boy just say? And I guarantee you, he would not have survived growing up in public schools. I grew up in the in, in public schools in New Orleans in the, in the 80s and 90s, well, uh, late 80s, early 90s. And I can tell you, trust me, he would have not survived. We would have got him on the back of that bus. If he would have rode the RTA bus, which he probably wouldn't, he probably would have been that dude that, that caught the actual school bus. But if he was on the back of that RTA bus, they would have ripped him so bad that he would have got off that bus three stops early just to walk the rest of the way because he would have ripped this off that bus. I, I, like I said, I can see, like, what I could see, because his family, his mom, I think, worked at uh, NBC News. So, you know, his family, his mom got money and shit, be trusty. Um, I think he would have, he would have went to Ben Franklin. Either he would have went to Ben Franklin or he would have went to Newman. He wouldn't have, I guarantee you, he would have been at Newman. I think he would have. Yeah, he would. I think yeah, he'd have been a Newman cat. He's just, he's just, he's just socially awkward, man. You know, he he would have been been at Newman. I don't like like Drew. I told Drew. I say I could see him going to Newman because his mom got money. So you know damn well, you know damn well that he would not have gone to like a McMain. Hell no! Like he would have been. He would have been getting cooked. Easton, we oh no, we would have lit him up at McMahon. That's what I'm telling you. I went to McMahon, and I went to McMahon when McMahon was a full fledged magnet school. And, and you know, don't get me wrong, McMahon. You know, a lot of people underestimate McMahon cats, but he would have been one of them socially awkward Mustangs, and, and he and we would have ripped the piss out of him. He'd have been even if he did play football, kid. even if he did play football. Oh yeah, oh man, yeah, definitely. Even I don't even think football. football. I don't even think football would have saved him because. I went to Marrow's. I went to Whitehaven. I went to Marrow's. He would have survived at Whitehaven because Whitehaven is like the rich kids. It's the rich kids. But Marrow's, we had a thing at Marrow, Stacy and uh and B. We had a thing. We had we called it the right hand. Like in church, there's the right hand of fellowship. We uh-huh. had the right hand of roasting. Now, before I became like this uptight person on Twitter, we used to, it was me and my cousins. And every time we had, we would roast the fuck out of people. We roasted yep. one dude. He came in with a security shirt. I was like, I was like, motherfucker, what you doing with a damn security? He was like, he came in there with a shirt that said security and black letters. It was a yellow shirt 
and it was in black letters. So we had this hallway. My cousin said something, then I said something. And he, we lit his ass up, but, but the show for us was seventh period, was seventh period English. It was myself, a guy named, a football player named Willie Fultz. It was a guy named Daniel Kraft. We called him Big Fry. Guy named Willie Salisbury. We called him Big Fish because he looked like a fucking fish. Then it was a dude that looked like one of the characters, one of the guys that played on Barney and Friends. We called him Barney Boy. I was known as El Duque. I was El, known as El Duque. Then it was my cut. Uh, my cousin Cece, it was my cousin Cece. So the whole time in seventh period English, we were we would just we would do our work and we would roast the shit out of each other. We used to call we used to call um, we used to uh, like when nobody. This was a few years after Keith Sweat, uh, Keith Sweat's nobody came out, and we used to always make fun of Big Big Fry. We used to say. Who can eat the food? Big fry. And we used to stay, we used to just die, stay dying laughing in there. It was just fun. But I could see that. Like Eli Apple went to me, he is that guy. Like the only reason why we tolerated him, and Stacy heard this earlier, the only reason why we tolerated him was because he went to Ohio State. But it's like Michael Thomas and Marshawn Lattimore, you might as well say they from here because they act like they 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 don't they don't try hard. Like Eli Apple tries hard. He tries right. hard. He's a right. try hard. It's it's like it reminds me of the uh it's like RG3. I think the whole thing about being corny. I he's corny, but I don't th- but I don't think he tries. He's not a try hard. I don't think he's a try hard. Eli Apple's a try hard. Right. You know, and and the fact of the matter is that we were more we were more supportive of him than giant fans were. Giant fans thought of him as a fucking bust. Like the game in 2017 when we when Drew Brees was basically destroying that that secondary that giant secondary, that right there alone should have told people that he was going to be a bust and Landon Collins saying what he was going to say. And then you had your mom bringing you to uh, the first day of camp. Dropping you off at practice. Yeah. In the car, you sit in the back seat, looking like I, a straight up duck, <laughs> just sitting there looking stupid, stupid. Like I'm, I'm going to ask this question. Uh, uh, B, do you think I would, if, if I had, all right, if I had grown up in new Orleans, what high school you think I would have went to? You would have went to McMahon. You think I would have went to McMahon? You would have been a Mustang. <laughs> you, you think? Do you think I would have survived? Like, do you think I would have survived being in, in in the public schools back when you were in the public schools, like in the high schools? Yeah, I, I think I think you you would have you would have did one of two things. You would have either being so socially awkward that you just kind of disappeared and kept your head down till you graduated from school, or you would have just like, you would have toughened up and started ribbing people back. And then, you know, you would have swung for the fences and either you would have got really funny and really good at it, which I think you would have. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. That's and how I people, was. Yeah, and people would have left you alone. They'd just be like, man, they go Ryan. 
You know, and you probably that's how, probably that's how a little nickname or whatever. And you would have just, you would just been, you'd have been you. I think that's, that's kind of how I was when I was at Merrill's. It was like, you could be yourself, but then it was also the fact that all my cousins went to Merrill's and all my cousins went there. And a lot of the people I grew up with went to elementary and middle school with, they went to Merrill's. So they knew who I was. They knew who I was and stuff. And I was very smart, but I wanted to be a comic. And I remember my mom came to me. She was like, Ryan, I sent you to school to not be Richard Pryor. I'm like, I can't sit around and be serious all the time. I just can't. You, you, you just can't. Uh, one last thing before we let you go and before we close out. Uh, we were talking about um, Sean Payton and what he meant to the Saints. And I know, you know, you were, you know, in a, it had a, at a very big age when, um, when Sean Payton was hired. Um, what would you say from, even though I think your perspective is probably the same as my perspective, the same as Stacy's perspective, what was your perspective initially when he announced his retirement? Uh, you know what? It, it, a part of me was like, okay, cool. Cause I, I, I will tell you what happened. At first, when I first heard it, and I heard the the, the chatter that you know, uh, did, no one knows what Sean Payton's going to do. No one knows what Sean Payton's going to do. Getting committed to coming back in twenty twenty two. You know, you had been hearing that for years and years and years. Like, oh, here we go with the annual Sean Payton to Dallas bullshit. So at first, I was like, all right, this is bullshit. Then. I started to think about it. And I was like, well, all right, in the past year, this dude caught COVID twice. You know, he lost his, his Hall of Fame quarterback. He, his team had two outbreaks. He just got married. He had been dealing with this for 16 years of, of you know, losing with the exception of one year. He, you know, when he won a Super Bowl, every other year ended in some, some you know, amazing disappointment with the exception of the three, seven, and nine years where they just didn't make it at all. And and he just, you know, if anybody else would have went through that, you'd just be tired. So I just started to think, what if that was me? And I went through all that. I would be tired as hell, man. And I'd just be like, you know what? I'm good, y'all. And so when I started to think about that, I was just like, you know what? This might be the, you know, it, it might be the time. And so when I finally... Cause I was on my way to Baton Rouge. Well, actually, I was on my way to, to Arkansas, and uh, I, and I want to apologize for being so late, cause man, I just got back and just exhausted. But, yeah, I understand. Yeah, like, I understand. But uh, so I'm I'm in I'm just outside of Port Allen, and I get a text message: Sean Payton retires, and I was just like, I could I saw it coming. You could just you could kind of see it coming if you just kind of just been following the team for the past couple of years, especially this year, man. The dude just looks tired. He and, just looked, he looked so tired. It was like, yeah, I was just, at the, I was at the, I went to two games this year. I went to the Dallas game and I went to the Miami game. I was at the Miami game and you could just see him just, because you've seen him lose his shit on yeah. reps and everything. And he just, he looked tired. He looked tired. You know, he just, 
it, 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 it's the thing and everybody's like well he's gonna coach again like dude the thing that people don't realize is that he is the same age that Chuck Noll was when he left the Steelers. He's okay, basically, right. he's like, Chuck Noll was 59. And I tweeted okay. this. I don't know if you saw this. It was Monday night. I was in McDonald's on Canal, the, the, the one that smells like shit all the time. The one, you know, right there next door to where Radio Shack was. I know so exactly. I was. Which one you talking about? Yeah, so, that's, that's the, oh man, that, that's the, uh, the oh, runaway, yeah, runaway in despair. Yeah, that's the homeless shelter because I almost got into like two fights there going to pick up orders. So I got uh, I was in line and I'm always like refreshing my uh, timeline and stuff. And I'm like, wow. And I text uh, our girl, Nicole. I text her. And then we had a Saints. We had a Twitter space. Right. And it was just like, it was just like a lot of raw emotion. And the photo that Michael DeMarker took, it looked like he was going to the store to get a, to get a gallon of milk. And I literally said, it, it, it broke my heart, but I understood it like you did because he was tired. You know, you're, you know, you think to put it in perspective, his son was six years old when he took this job. His son is 22 now. Yep. So his daughter has j- just graduated from college. She, yeah, she was at San Diego State, yeah. Uh, I thought it was Pepperdine for some reason. I always thought it was Pepperdine. Pe- I, thought I thought it was, it was Pepperdine. San Diego State, yeah. You know, his daughter just reti- uh, graduated from college. You're about to be 60. You can't, you know, there's a part of me, if I was in that situation, I would be like, I want to do something else. It's like, I've seen how people stay in a job for 20, 30 years. And when they get to this point where they like, I got to get away from this, they do it when it's too late. It's sort of like with Joe Paterno. Joe Paterno, he was never going to leave Penn State. The only way he was going to leave Penn State if it was going to kill him. And it really, in, in so it many did, words. It did kill him. It, in, in so many words, it killed him. Same way with Bear Bryant at Alabama. It killed him. Because a lot of people don't realize, uh, and Stacey, can say, and Stacey told, said this to me, Nick Saban is a year, is basically the same, well, he's now older than what Bear Bryant was when he coached his last game. Yep. There. Matter of fact, uh, yesterday was the anniversary of his death, and my great aunt died the same day, and I what? remember that. And uh, yeah, I mean, he was, but I mean, of course, you know, later, you know, all this stuff was kept quiet, but he was a drunk. I mean, to my knowledge, he drank and smoked a lot, and he retired, y'all, and, and uh, what eight in uh, December, nineteen eighty one, in nineteen eighty one, and he was dead by January. He was gone. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, he was tired. And then also he wore his body out. Nick Saban will be 71 this year, going on his 16th year at Alabama. And he healthy as a horse. Teaching, I mean, yeah, said, I mean, you know, said, like I'm I, helping and helping the team. I'm gonna coach, which could mean the next 10 years or the next five. Who knows? But it's different now than it was. I mean, I think yeah, you know, I think when you look at some of those pictures of like like, for example, like um, Phil Former 
just turned 70 this year, this past year. Phil Fulmer just turned 70. Uh, Mark Rick got out of coaching when he was like 54, you know, 54, you know, 54 years old and stuff. And I think what the thing, I think the thing is that like modern medicine and, and, and learning to take care of yourself and being able to take care of yourself and being in a situation where you can do the things that you want to do. Like Bob Stoops got out of coaching at 58, 59 years old. You would have never heard of that 20 years ago. You know, they, people kept coaching until they were in their sixties. But anyway, folks, we are coming to the close of the end of the midweek show, folks. Thank you so much. Stacey, be trusted. Thank you so much for dropping on, jumping on to talk about Eli Apple and, and Sean Payton. And Thanks folks, will be yeah. And it. folks, will be back next week on the midweek show. And as always, thank you for your time this time. And until next time, we will see you down the road. Say good night, Stacy. Good night, Stacy. Remember, folks, to wear your mask, wash your hands, get boosted. Yes, and don't do anything I would do.